podcast was good. Thank you all so much for listening. I have some very, very good news. I now have a hub for every piece of content I release. You will not want to miss out on this. So go to YouTube right now, search Hampton Hoops, and subscribe to never miss a beat. Now let's get into today's show. Let's get it. What up? What up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I love to hear that. It is Ja Morant's 23rd birthday today, so happy birthday, Big 12. You got the jersey in the background. I got the shirt on. We got to celebrate 12, so we're just going to kick off this special edition of our Grizz Talk with our favorite moments from Sir Ja Morant. So, Cooper, what is your favorite moment that 12 has given us so far? I had to go back to his rookie year. This is still, and there's millions of moments that he's already given us in his short career thus far, but I had to go back to a moment where he arrived on the scene. Um, and it was when he ended Aaron Baines career and we got a game winning dunk uh, in that game against when uh, Aaron Baines playing with Charlotte at the time. It was Phoenix. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Phoenix. My bad. No. Yeah. Um, I had to go that one, that dunk over him. It should have been an AM one, um, but just that's him arriving on the scene. He had the short hair in that moment. Oh, my God. <laughs> awesome yes. moment. And Pete Pranica's call on that was absolutely incredible, yes. too. Decide, yeah. like, falling away. God, yeah. That was Insane amazing. Dunk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coop, you probably could have known what mine is. It's the shirt I have on. His first ever 50-piece. Yes, I know it was in the regular season, but – I vividly remember him assassinating Yaka Pertle on television and then a couple minutes later proceeding to hit a buzzer beater from Steven Adams full court pass. And then awesome. I grab my phone and call you. I'm like, what the F am I watching right now? <laughs> and then we proceed to win. He drops 52 in 34 minutes, 22 of 30 from the field and four of four from three. So that is I just yeah. I will never forget that as long as my I live and our conversation too is absolutely hysterical. Thanks. And I remember that game. That game was super vivid in my memory too. Cause like I remember when you called me, I was like, dude, I'm t- in the middle of taking a quiz and I'm just not caring anymore. And I think I got like a 50 on the quiz. Cause I was, I for- it was timed. I forgot <laughs> I about that. There, I'm like, I was like, I can't not be watching this game. So I literally put the game on. Then all of a sudden it turned into Jaw just taking over and yes. ending people's lives. And I was like, all right, this quiz don't matter. <laughs> Dude, I completely forgot about that. Because it was like a weekday game against the Spurs in like January or February. And I just had it like, you know, I was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch this. And I got nothing else to do. And then that happened. I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like, actually. And I, I remember listening to all the Memphis people the next day. It's like, it's not even like the sheer amount. Because, yeah, people have scored 50 before. But it's how he got them is yeah. the crazy part of that night for sure. Yeah, he he just took over. And I don't want to use this very often, but he took over in like Kobe style. Like, yes. it was one of those things where he – use like because the night before or two two or three nights before he had gotten banged up in the minnesota timberwolves game mm-hmm. and then i was like dang man he's gonna be out for a little bit then the very next game against uh the bulls on the road drops like 40 46 i think mm-hmm. set his new career high and then the very next game 52 on the spurs ending yaka pearl's career having one of the game of the year or play of the year Stephen adams full court pass i was like that's that span of john Morant was 
Yes. It was awesome. Awesome. It was it was unbelievable. And I just got to do an honorable mention. I was making a video for his birthday today that just dropped, and it was him in that Bleach Report interview, which we've talked about a million times, but they had asked like what his like best game was, and he felt it was game two of that Warrior series. He had just mi- missed that game-winning layup in game one. Um, the Clay Thompson, he Jod said that he tipped it. He said the greats always bounce back. And then he went into talking about game two and going back and forth with Steph 47 against Golden State to tie the series heading back to San Francisco. So I, I had to mention that, man, for sure. Thanks. And since you did an honorable mention, I'll, I'll give 12 another honorable mention. Please. Um, dude, the game where it just looked it looked bleak uh, as a Grizzlies fan in that Timberwolves series. Mm. And then all of a sudden he just shoots out of a cannon, just starts taking over and taking over. And then of course he, he put the exclamation point jumping from literally the free throw line and dunking on Malik Beasley and then game winning layup called 12. I mean, yes. that's, he's a classic. Um, I mean, he's freaking awesome. Shout out 12. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday, 12. Yeah, that, that dunk changed the game. And that, thank God we won that series. That was game four, I believe. And that was to go down 3-1. I was about to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, bro, we can get into some of your stuff now. We just had to, we had to, uh, you know, give 12 his love on his birthday. Happy 23rd, big guy. Facts, facts. And you just mentioned a team that uh, got through winning the championship, Jack. Um, and this is Grizz talk, so obviously it's going to come back to the Grizz at some point. But these Golden State Warriors just can't seem to get the Memphis Grizzlies out of their head. Um, State. The free rent is high right now in the Warriors' heads, and uh, Draymond uh, is still talking. And he's basically said uh, these Grizz are about to get a reality check. Um, I, I guess he was meaning, I guess, because now everybody knows what we're – what we're going to be like and how we're going to play. It's not just like a, Oh, we're going to play Memphis sort of a thing, but it's a, we got to play Memphis. Let's, let's get ready. Um, And now that's bullet board material for these Grizz. Uh, Taylor Jenkins walks into the locker room, smacks it right on the bulletin board, just says these Grizz going to get a reality check, Draymond Green and literally put his name there. Um, What's what's your thoughts on that? The bulletin board material from Draymond. I'm thankful he did it. There is some truth in what he's saying. That's what makes me nervous. But I think Draymond, he's he's got to deal with his own shit right now. He doesn't need to be talking about anyone else because, frankly, Golden State's not going to pay you. They're not going to give you a max extension. They're going to give it to Jordan Poole. They're going to give it to Andrew Wiggins. Oh, yeah, and Clay Thompson's due for one, too. So all three of those guys are going to get paid before you. So I I suggest, Draymond, you focus on your bag because it could get really, really messy for you this year, especially with your newfound podcast that you're going to probably bitch about you not getting paid the entire season, which isn't going to go over well with uh, billionaire owners. So good luck, Draymond. Thanks. I love it. Um, Honestly, the video that I saw it in, uh, this this like bull board material, whatever, uh, or bulletin board material was when, uh, Jaron posted something about his rehab. Um, and I'm just, I'm just going to jump right into this next thing is Jaron's rehab looked like it was going pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, you saw him running in water, which is, that's some pretty intense, uh, rehab for a leg injury or an ankle injury to be running in water. Cause that's extra on your extra pressure or whatnot. He was lifting weights, getting bigger. Um, 
What's your thoughts on Jaron? Seeing him rehabbing already, getting to the grind. I mean, he's not taking a second to really let this uh, hurt him and keep him out for maybe as long as we're thinking. Are you optimistic that he might return a little bit quicker? Um, I'm hoping so because, I mean, everything we hear right now, man, it's like, it's all good stuff. And I feel like it's a little bit different than the last injury because like it was just radio silence for the longest time. We had no idea that it would be as long as it was, which now, I mean, we still have no idea, but at least like we're hearing good things. He's posting videos like, and everything out of the M right now is good news. So I think it could be, you know, a quicker recovery than we could expect. What do you think, bro? To be honest, I'm I'm hoping it's quicker than we expect because like mm-hmm. it's kind of bleak. I mean, we've we've talked a lot on replacements for Jaron. It's really hard to replace Jaron. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. just it, it's it's easier said than done <laughs> to try and replace him. Mm-hmm. All defensive first team last year, led the league in blocks, was only getting better. I mean, we saw it. He's still so young. Watching him play like one game, he just doesn't shoot very well then the next game he doesn't let it affect him and he just keeps going and keeps going and you saw progression so for his sake I really do hope it's not six months I I hope he can come back he might miss a few months I mean I'm not expecting him to just all of a sudden be ready in game one (laughs) I mean this was a serious injury but like for his sake I hope it is quicker and I'm thinking it might be um, I do know, however, that the Grizz, and you know this just as well as I do, they're not going to rush somebody back. Mm-hmm. Our our future is more important to them than winning six more games because we're going to return back. That's kind of the way they look at it. Um, they'd rather struggle to get in the playoffs and not risk Jaron being more injured and then letting Jaron get back healthy. And to be fair, I'm not upset by that by any means, but this did give me a little bit of hope that it might not be as long as we expected. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're exactly right, and that's that's what I'm holding on to too, man. It's hope. I don't I don't know what to think because, I mean, we we've l- seen this movie before, and I don't even want to think as far as is he going to be the same player. I'm trying to assume that he will, but I mean that that's very concerning to me. And you mentioned our future. Let's go ahead and get into that. ESPN they released their Western Conference projections for uh, win total and seeding. And they projected our Memphis Grizzlies to be fourth in the West with a record of 51 and 31. So, Cooper, my question to you is what is your ceiling and floor for a win total and seeding for the Memphis Grizzlies? I'll start with seeding because I feel like that's a little bit easier to do. Uh, for sure. For Honestly, I'm not going to hesitate by saying it. I think our ceiling is the one. I mean, they showed that starting out nine and 10 they can somehow be the second best team in the league. And that was without having job for 20, 25 games, something like that, something crazy. So mm-hmm. imagine having job for, I'm not going to say 82 games, because if we're in a good seat, they're not going to risk him and let him rest a little bit. So we'll, we'll say if Jaws there for 70 games, there's no doubt in my mind that we can't win at least 55 to 60 of them. Exactly. So I think our ceiling is the one seed. I, I'm got to put our floor at the six though, because this team is not a plan team. Mm-hmm. Um, a plan in my book would kind of be a loss of a season because I think we're to the point where we can compete with any team night in, night out. I don't think we're scared of any team whatsoever. Um, seeing them have to be in a plan situation would kind of – I'd be upset by that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be too. So I, yes. I got to put the floor at the six, but where you got the floor and the ceiling for the seeds, and then I'll get into the overall record. 
I'm going to start off with the ceiling. I'm the exact same spot you are. Uh, after watching last year, we tried to put a ceiling on this team, and I, I refuse to do so now. Um, I have no ceiling on them. 60 wins, number one seed. John Roser was cracking me up. I'm sure you saw that today on Chris Vernon's show. But, God, he had me howling. Um, but for the floor, I'm going to be you know negative as hell here, as I usually am when it comes to the floor with our team. But um, – I see all the like talking that we've done. Um, I look at the Atlanta Hawks, a team that's went to the conference finals and then they returned the next year and said it was boring because they were a young team that thought they belonged in the playoffs. And then they had to scratch and claw just to get in this year. That's our floor to me. It's an eight seed, you know, going 500. If Jaron, if there's a setback there, losing to Anthony Melton, losing Kyle Anderson, and you can't replace all the steals and deflections that they get and all the positive impact they have. I think that's their floor, but ceiling, I'm not putting one on it for sure. I love it. Yeah. You and I both learned the hard way about the ceilings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember last year we kept being like, are they really going to be the best, second best team in the league? And we're like, I guess, I mean, they're not stopping. So might as well. Insane. <laughs> so I'm with you on the ceiling thing. And as far as record go, I kind of mentioned it a little bit, but, 60, 60 wins is a tough task, so I'm going to put that as the ceiling because, I mean, that is a tough task. Even in the fact that we don't have Jaron, who is our second-best player um, in, like, a massive part of this core, not having him for however long, X amount of games, I really do think that will affect some form in some form or uh, facet to that win total. But as far as the floor goes, I think we got to be 50 wins. I, I feel like 500 is also kind of a letdown of a season for this team because if you look at it, yes, the West got significantly better, a lot of teams, but there's also some teams that got significantly worse at the Spurs. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like well, there should be some gimmies, but at the end of the day, you're playing professional basketball players. You shouldn't go into anything saying that's a gimme. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this team's got a good head on their shoulders. Yes, team, we got on the T-Max saying we need a bet last week, but like – this team's always going to go out and compete. I think that's the luxury we have because these are these guys want to want to win. They don't like losing. So I think the floor it's a it's a tight little window right there, but I think mm-hmm. 50 50 wins floor and I think 60 maybe to 65. I might push it to 65. But <laughs> I, that's a that's a hard task in the NBA. But what you got? Um yeah, I mean I completely agree with everything you just said to be honest just cuz I'm I'm still I, I fall somewhere in the middle for like my like my realistic projection is like it's probably close to what ESPN did to be honest. It's gonna be four. I'd push it back to a five seed. Uh, fifty one wins would be great. I, I would I'd be happy with forty eight if we went forty eight and thirty four. I get it. You know, navigating this whole Jaron situation is gonna be tough, tough, tough. Hopefully, BC can fit in and be the third year BC that he was last year. So. I think it, it's going to be an uphill climb for us. Everyone's going to be shooting for us with, you know, we, we are uh, some talkers and it's not just John Moran. It's Desmond Bain included. It's Jaron Jackson included. So I think, I think uh, there'll be a lot more uh, response this year, I should say. Facts. And you didn't even mention the greatest trash talker on our team. The, the villain himself, Dylan. Dylan, um, Dylan. Dylan, my boy. Um, and speaking of him, I was, listening to something today and they were mentioning uh a dylan brooks extension might be coming in the near future uh this, this is kind of one of those situations that you and i both been like 
I guess they're waiting. We mm -hmm. don't know um, sort of a thing. And I, I didn't get to like read too much into it, but I was seeing something around like the four years, 61 million. So that's putting it roughly about 15 mil per year. Is this an overpay? Do you like this contract? Would you be, how, how are you feeling about a potential four year, maybe 60 ish million dollars for a Dylan Brooks extension? I think that's just right, actually, because that'd be about what, like 15 mil a year. I think that that that's perfect for him. And I think that they've been really, really genius to keep the fan base happy. And they've just waited for that entire playoff run to blow over. And now, we're, you know, they're rumored to do it. So I think it's Zach Kleiman's got a plan as always. So I, I think it's a perfect time to do so. I'm not against it three months ago or two months ago, I would have been against it, <laughs> but now I'm like, I love it. You know, I'm watching him do off season workouts over Christian brothers. So I think it's really dope that, um, and, and you know how cool he was whenever that person walked up to him and was, you know, giving him shit in the Starbucks line, Dylan's grown on me. And I think as you and I went through like trade targets for him of somebody, his stature, we need a shot creation. And I think we need Dylan Brooks on this team facts and i love db and like you said the fact that he didn't look at that dude in the airport and be like bro get out of my face right. like that sort of thing he's mm -hmm. he's definitely grown and i think i think the playoffs for him as much as we want to like rag him for it i really do think that was a learning experience for him too because at the end of the day he yes he's one of our vets but he's only 25 26 so like he exactly. really can't put too much stock because at the end of the day he's still a young adult like Mm -hmm. they're going to make mistakes all the time. That's just kind of how life works. We're all human. And I think he's kind of caught on a little bit. He's heard all the crap. I mean, you know, he has, okay. and I love this contract. If this was the contract that we, we, we pop off here and it's breaking news, Dylan Brooks extended four years, 60 mil, 61 mil, however much that's awesome to me. Mm -hmm. uh, 15 mil for your defensive juggernaut. I mean, cause at the end of the day, yes, Jaron was the, in the running for defensive player of the year, but mm -hmm. Dylan, just doesn't get that credit. I mean, mm -hmm. he's the one that's guarding the Damian Lillards, the Steph Currys, the Paul George's Kawhi's. I mean, he's the one out there in the trenches having to guard like the best player every night. Mm -hmm. um, and he does a good job. Like he 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 is Memphis to me. Like exactly. this whole team just embodies this the city of Memphis and they love the where they play. And I think locking Dylan up and keeping him as long as we can is a brilliant move. And I think you're exactly right. Zach Kleiman is brilliant. He always has a plan. I think him letting this playoff blow over and everybody just be like, man, the Grizzlies just haven't done a thing. We're waiting for something. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think any Grizzly fan would be a okay to see a Dylan Brooks extension pop up on their screen. Yes, absolutely. And I think I'm there. I'm right there with you, bro. Yeah. You couldn't have said it any better, man. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I got a little different thing for you today. So, um, you, you're going to get some off-the-dome reactions from you. I'm ready for it. Oh, uh, sure. yeah. So I got a little factor overreactions for you. So I'm going to give you some potential accolades for next season from some of our guys and uh, just see what your thoughts are. Um, right. So we're going to start with a big one first. Desmond Bain making his first All-Star game. Fact or is that an overreaction? I think it's a fact. I could very well see it happen. I was watching, you know, the great guys over at Bleach Report and Through the Wire, and they were having an, uh, like a first-time all-star draft, which just basically means they were drafting players that they think are going to be first-time all-stars this year. And Desmond Bain was one of the guys that was quickly off the board. 
I think with Jaron out, like I say for John, his MVP race, the points are going to have to come from somewhere, and Des is going to have to pick up the slack on that. So I could I could definitely see that happening. What about you, man? You're in the same boat as me. I, I would put it solely on the fact that I can't see it happening. Like, this is something that – he was killing it last year. I mean, he literally – I want to say he was in top three for uh, three-point percentage. That's why he was in the three-point contest. Mm-hmm. But he was also jumping from nine points a game to 18 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in my book, really should have won most improved. I'll, I'm happy my boy 12 got it. But at the end of the day, 12 been doing that. Desmond mm-hmm. Desmond deserved it, and that's why Ja took him the award. And so I think if we're, if we're thinking about it in the way of, like, from nine points to most improved at 18 and then – I think he can make the jump to maybe like 23, 24. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if he does that and shoots the way he does and is on a good basketball team, I I can definitely see him being in an all-star conversation. Um, so I'm going to put it in fact, too. I would love nothing more than to have two all-stars on this team because that would mean we're doing something right. Um, but I definitely can see Desmond Bain picking up a lot of the slack of the scoring uh, that's going to be missing from Jaron Jackson. Um, but this next one, guy we just got through talking about, Dylan Brooks, does he finally get the recognition he deserves and make an all-NBA defensive team? Uh, that's a fact, too, if he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, I think that's a big game. If you, Or the big you know, point when it comes to DB and all-defensive team because he's going to guard the best player night in, night out. He has the respect of the Bradley Beals of the world and all the great players in this league. So just stay healthy. If you can, you know, p- compile some steel numbers and just really put yourself in that conversation, I think he can for sure. Took the words right out of my mouth. I love mm-hmm. it. We think we think it in sync right now. I yeah, agree yeah. wholeheartedly. Um, we just got through saying it. He guards the best player on the court night in, night out. Um, health is going to be a massive thing for him. But also, I think keeping his head on a swivel, maybe not making some of those. I mean, and I know at the end of the day, the Gary Payton thing is always going to be on over his head. Right. That's just what all everybody's going to talk about. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, that wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and if he can just do his best to be the bad guy, but do it not dirtily, I guess would be the best yeah. word. But you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah, hell um, yeah. I can I can one thousand percent him. Maybe not first team with how good of forwards are out there, but maybe like an all defensive second team. He just needs to get the recognition that he deserves because he, in my opinion, should have been uh all defensive team, I think was it two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um it was when John literally said my boy Dylan getting shafted out here because he didn't even get in the conversation. It was literally like not even – nobody was even talking about Dylan Brooks. And he was like, are y'all kidding me? He just clamped Dame up to 12 points. Mm-hmm. Y'all really saying he's not a defense – like an all-defensive team? So, if he could get the recognition, I would love nothing more than that. And that's also meaning we're doing something pretty good. So, these these next few are a little lower tier, but um, if they do these, it would be a lot for us. Right. Um, so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two names. Um, and you can say one maybe and one not, but uh, – I kind of put them together because I feel like they can be in similar positions in this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zaire going into his second season, going to have a little bit more on his plate with losing uh, Kyle Anderson. And then this next guy, John Jitty Conchar, um, got an extension, going to be put into a lot more situations with the loss of De'Anthony Melton. Um, can either of those guys contend and be in the conversation for maybe a most improved player of the year? 
I think Zaire, if there's if there's like a prayer, I think Zaire would have it. I don't I don't think Contra I think Contra is gonna his number's gonna go up because I think he's gonna play more of a D melt role with us. And I think he's gonna be fantastic in that role. But if Zaire, you know, takes a leap like Desmond took last year, he could be in that conversation. I don't think he will take a leap like Des because people forget like the thing with Bain, it started in last summer league. Like he was you 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 turned on the game and he was the best player on the floor. Period. Zaire was not that at summer league, and I hate to say that, but he wasn't. So if if there was a prayer, I think it'd be Zaire. I'm gonna agree with you. Um, I think John Contra is gonna play a big role this season. Um, mm-hmm. he's more he's not more of the showy stats as he is like the efficient stats. That's kind of how he always is. He's gonna stuff the stat sheet, stuff the stat sheet, but he's always gonna do it efficiently. Um, mm-hmm. Zaire. I agree with you. He did not look like the best player on the court in summer league. And I do think that comes into play where Desmond, yes, had never been on ball. Um, He had always been an off ball shooter type guy, but for him to grasp that was a little bit easier than Zaire having to jump from, I've always put small four and stuff like this to I'm now the point guard. I think it was definitely just a kind of like a different fit for him. Um, so I don't think he will jump the way Desmond did. I do think if we did have a hope and a prayer for most improved, it would be Zaire, but yeah. had to move that one in there since we did have like three or four of the players in most improved this last season. So yeah, I had to throw it Hell in. yeah. Yeah, we would have never uh, pre- you know predicted that last year. So no, it's a valid question for sure. Facts, facts. Um, this next one's a little goofier, but I had to throw it in there because it's going to talk it. about mm-hmm. Kenneth Lofton, Snacks Randolph, G League MVP. <laughs> yes, yes, he's gonna be the best show in sports, possibly. Like better than Thanks. like Tiger Woods or like, you know, Matt Stafford this year. Did you see? By the way, I know this is completely <laughs> off topic. I thought about football. Did you see Deshaun Watson is starting on Friday? We're not gonna react to that, but I just wanted to see if you saw that. I, I did. I did. I also saw Roger Goodell's uh, press conference too, <laughs> and all that nonsense going on. This is such a shit show. Anyways, yes. for an NBA podcast, talking about the Grizzlies. Uh, Kenny Lofton, hell yeah, he can be G League MVP, bro. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Because, yeah, I Facts. mean, people are going to walk in the gym and be like, what the hell? Like, he, he needs to give that kid some pads. Like, seriously. So, yeah, I think he, I can, love he it. can win G League MVP, man. He's got the he's got I a love shot. It. I, I really put it on there as a joke, but I can see it the more I talk myself into it. Um, I really don't watch the G League very often, but I sure did look up how much season tickets were for uh down there in uh South Haven at the Lander Center and they really weren't that expensive. So I might have to go uh shout out and see my boy Kenny Lofton uh, a few times because he can be I mean he looked like the best player on the court some nights at Summer League. And that's saying a lot because you're playing with guys that A were drafted over you, weren't drafted at all. And you're playing with a guy that was literally picked in the lottery the year before in Zaire and Xavier's been there. I mean, he looked dominant in mm-hmm. some of the games. He's got a lot to work on, um, but he can be really dominant in the G League. So I put that one on there just for just to get the laughs out there. Um, and this last one, um, can our rookies, Jake LaRavia and uh, my boy David Roddy, can either of them be on one of the rookie teams, the all uh, NBA rookie teams? I'm gonna have. I've said everything's a fact up to now. I'm gonna have to say cap on this one. I don't. I don't think so, man. Because unless unless one of them can like find their way into like a like a solid starting role, I don't think 
I don't think they can. Um, I think the best shot would honestly they'd be tied because I think Jake Laravia is going to play well. I think he's going to play kind of a Grayson Allen role next to Ja. We need shooting next to him. David Roddy, you you look at the guy; he's got the physicals that he can come in the league and produce right now. So I think they're both going to be productive. I don't know about all NBA rookie though. How do you feel about it? I'm right there with you. Um, I don't think they can be all rookie teams solely on the fact that this uh, draft class is stacked. Um, and there's going to be guys like Ivy, Murray, um, Pedro, uh, Jabari Smith, um, Chet. All these guys are going to just have a lot more stats solely on the fact that they're going to be starters. They're, they're either going to be starters or they're going to be the first man off the bench for their mm. uh, teams, whoever I just named. And so, like, that's already five players, so they got to beat out five other players to get there. And, of course, we don't wish it on anybody, but there can always be an injury that kind of puts things into perspective and stuff like that, and that's just kind of how NBA basketball works. You never know. That's why it's called predictions. <laughs> exactly. But, like, if I if, if you were holding my arm and saying you had to make a decision, I don't think either of them will make it. I think they're going to be good basketball players, like you said, good role players, mm. um, but I don't see them – averaging the 20 points a game that some of these guys are probably going to average their rookie season because they're just going to be thrown into it like that. So I I do agree. I think that's uh, a hard cap. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. I agree, man. Um, Bryce and I, we, we had a, we had a video premiere tonight. It was like ranking the top five Western conference teams. And I just wanted to get your like reaction of me, like, um, you know, doing this terrible deed as a Grizzlies fan, but the Grizzlies, we're not in my top five Western Conference teams going into next year. It was number one, the Golden State Warriors. Number two, the Los Angeles Clippers. Number three was the Phoenix Suns. Number four was the Denver Nuggets. And I had Dallas at five over the Grizzlies. What's your reaction to that? To be honest with you, I don't hate it. Okay, good. All right, good. Um, <laughs> I was actually wildly shocked that ESPN in their predictions had the Clippers lower. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm being if, if you were gonna put it, if you were gonna put the Grizz at four or five or whatever, I feel like the team that would bump down would be Dallas. Because mm-hmm. yes, I like Dallas a lot. I like the Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope in this offseason. You're obviously getting Jamal Murray back, who said some outlandish things about his all Kentucky team, and we'll get into that when we hit up their. Uh, preseason projections for their uh, division. But uh, you don't know what he's going to look like. Um, is he going to be explosive? Is he even going to be half the player that he was? That's a big if. Jokic is obviously the greatest, one of the greatest players in basketball right now. Michael Porter Jr. is a big question mark because he's 21 years old or 22 years old, and he's had more back surgeries than an 80-year-old. Exactly. So, like, that'd be the team that if I was going to move someone out for the Grizz, that'd be the team. Dallas – Luka Doncic is a walking championship contender in himself, so like they're kind of hard to like argue against. But I do think that's the six, the the five teams you named, and then the Grizz. I do think those are the six best teams. Yes. You can change the order, you can argue the order all day long, but I do think those six are kind of solidified where they are. I'm glad we see eye to eye on that. That went over <laughs> a lot better than I thought it would, bro. So thank you for that. But I, I'm sure people watching this podcast that are Grizzlies fans don't like me anymore. But I promise. I ride or die for the M. <laughs> Thanks. You just right. you just keep your expectations low because you don't like being disappointed. That's all. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Tennessee fan, so that has a lot to do with it too. Hey, everybody else in our fan base keeps them well 
well high enough. I'm just never. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. All right, bro. Cooper, thank you so much for our third edition of our Grizz Talk. I can't wait to talk to you again, and I hope you have a great night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too.